My name is Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas. I'm CEO and founder of EJT Consulting and Get Launch Consulting. So EJT Consulting is my own personal consulting business, which I've had for about four years. It was four years in October. So I guess it's like going on that half. I'm getting ready to say four and a half years. And then Get Launch Consulting, I launched in March of 2020 which is a business development program for high-performing educators from marginalized backgrounds to give them the business development tools to help them grow their six-figure consulting business. And so we have worked with over 180 educators during the course of the program. And tonight we are chatting with one of those dope educators. And we're going to take a deep dive all into her journey and learn her story. And it's my hope that through this conversation, you all are inspired, you feel informed, you feel a little bit more confident on can I do it too, that you'll leave this conversation and you'll be be even more confident in saying yes. So we have Bahari here with us who went through the program and I am going to kick it off to her to give her her education movie trailer. So Fahari, introduce yourself and do this in a way where you kind of like were on your shoulder going through your biopic. I have to think about who's gonna who's gonna play you in your biopic. That's a good that's a good question. Let me think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I know I'm like putting you on the spot here. That's a good question. I'm gonna ask my husband that. Okay, let me think. So people say for me, either Jordan Sparks or Raven Simone, which I think are like interesting choices. Or in my head, I'm like Solange, just because (laughs) like she's my best friend in my head. So we'll figure that out later. Who's going to play in your biopic? But give us a little bit of like the narrative of your story, of your journey in education, and then we'll pivot to learn more about your business. But let's just start with your story first. My story. Woo. So... I started out honestly wanting to go to law school, wanting to be a juvenile justice attorney. I love children. I love youth. But I swear my senior or my junior year in college, I said, I need to reach them before they get to that point. And I made an immediate random shift um, to go into social work. And so I got my master's in social work, graduated from there. Um Right out of undergrad, I went straight into education or working at a boarding school, a public boarding school in Baltimore, which was phenomenal like experience for me in that space because you get to see every aspect of what's needed in the educational system that you may not realize if you're not working in that type of setting. And so starting from there, still on that social work journey, and then I went into counseling in schools. I've worked in youth detention centers and schools. And then just shifted to climate and culture. Honestly, again, at random, <laughs> um, the opportunity came my way. And I want to take things just to, to, to leap, you know, and see how it's going to fit. So I became a director of climate and culture in Baltimore. And it changed my life, to be honest. It, it took me from just doing and truly showing up for children. And then, of course, that touched on me showing up for parents, me showing up for staff. And I became the go-to for people. And I know that I'm a people person, but I I never realized just how much until I got into that that particular position to to do my absolute best at what I love. And, And the passion started to show out and recently shifted two years ago, right at COVID, into a district office position in Baltimore, which I which I'm also kind of getting a different feel. It's different, y'all, being in the district office versus being on the front line, doing that right now. And came across Erica, a post on Facebook, and I'm rarely on social media, but something happened. The, the creators, the ancestors, all of that worked together. Came across a post, and, and here we are as Uzema LLC. <laughs> I love it. And so I always love these conversations because even though, you know, I've had the opportunity when we do these conversations, it's always with alums of the program. So even though like I know y'all, there's still like parts of your story when we have these conversations where I'm like, oh, like that's new. Or I didn't realize that. Or like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense when I think about this interaction or that conversation or when you said this, because I'm sure we're getting ready to move into this. But like, I remember one of our 
our conversations and you talking so deeply around climate and culture and like the environment that that kids are engaging with at school. And then to hear your background of social working and like, it's like, oh my God, like it makes <laughs> so much sense. It makes so yeah. much And while you were, while you were sharing your story, I was like, okay, I have a suggestion of who could play you growing up. I don't know, like adult phase, but I feel like early, like high school, I feel like Chloe from Chloe and Haley. Okay. Be like, <laughs> like high school, like college chapter part of the movie. Okay. Well, I, look at that. <laughs> I can't sing though. Well, it's not a musical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So folks, as you're joining us, drop your questions into the chat. If there are things that come up that spark questions for you, I already saw one question come in, which is a great one. I'll make sure we get that one asked and answered for you because it was a great question around how you thought about pricing, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. So talk to us a little bit about you're still working full-time, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So let's put all this into context because I think that's one of the things that people often wonder is like, can I do this while I'm working full time? So we're going to learn about Fahari's journey and story. And this is in the context of she's still working a full time role. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about what sparked this idea of, oh, maybe I should start this Mm -hmm. consulting education consulting business. Like what made you begin to think of that as a possibility? So in all honesty, I had a principal who I still consider a mentor to this day. Uh, We were sitting in a meeting one day and she said to me, you should think about an LLC. I had no idea what that even meant, just to be real. I had, I was, okay, whatever. You know, she's like, you can do this on your own. And that was the first time, honestly, that a leader of mine had put that even thought in my in my inner circle, right? In my mind, in my heart. And so once she said that, it kind of flowed a little, never came back to the table with it. But right at COVID, um, my, my, my school let me go at the end of COVID, right? And so now you're talking about a transition of because of budgeting and all of these other aspects of it, right? And immediately got into the district um, from that, after that position. Of course, all, I believe all things align the way that they should. And still was considering like, I could do this on my own, but I wasn't moving. I, I wasn't, I wasn't taking the necessary steps. And I would have these conversations with, with my inner circle and including my husband and I wasn't moving. So he decided to move for me. Come on. And, come on, husband. And my husband as a surprise, like, I mean, legit surprise went and registered. I can't, I had already come up with the name. So I had it, like I was ready. I just was scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and came up with the name, and he registered me as an LLC. Um, I had no idea until I got an email from Maryland saying that your application has been accepted. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> but that was the push I needed, because I'm going to tell you, if it wasn't for that push, I don't know that I would have taken that leap out of fear. Mm. Because while I know what I can do, I know that I am great at what I do. I'm not perfect, but I am. I'm great at what I do. I was still afraid to mm. to move because mm. I was afraid that for two things, I was afraid that I wouldn't be good enough for what was needed. Mm. And then I was afraid that I would be and people would start coming at me and asking me to do this work. And then what was I supposed to do? <laughs> like, how was I supposed to make that happen with, with children, with the family, with full-time work? And so I'm glad that the moment he made that leap, I think I still sat on it for about, I want to say a year before I officially said, I'm just going all in. And I gave myself a deadline to create my own website. I remember you saying in one of our classes, you're all so busy trying to create websites, but you don't have a client. And that was my, like, oh, you know what? I don't. Who, <laughs> why? Let me try something first. And so I decided to create my own website instead of paying for it, instead of trying to get all into that, set a deadline for myself. And I did it scared, y'all. I was still scared when I when I pushed that submit button to to make my website live, but I did it. And I, I there's no turning back at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I have what's needed to impact the lives lives of youth, and that that's been my journey. That's been my goal. That's been my passion. 
And I'm always going to take that and run with it for children, not for anybody else. This isn't for me. Uzema isn't, wasn't created for Fahari. Uzema was created for my children, my legacy that I'm leaving behind. Uzema was created for the children that's going to come up with them to ensure that they have the spaces and schools to be great, to learn, to know themselves. This is for my, this is for our ancestors who, who, who I stand on. You know, I, I stand on the shoulders of, of some great people. Um, as an African, and so I have to make sure that everything that I do is aligned with that. And that's where Uzima comes from. I know this is your first time going live, so I don't know if you notice these hearts. These hearts are like... I don't know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) These hearts are like, are on fire right now, which means that the people are just connecting with what you're sharing. Um, And so many, so many comments of just affirming of the fears, affirming the moving past the fears of doing it afraid, staying grounded in purpose. Mm. Uh, people are connecting so much with what you're sharing. Thank you. So you, you were starting to answer one of my questions around the mindset piece, which we're going to come back around to because we talk about oftentimes in the program, the mindset journey is an unending journey. Like it's not a destiny. Mm-hmm. When they say new levels, new devils, it is a consistent journey, even of where I am in my business for years, I'm still dealing with mindset work. When I hired my first employee, when I'm doing my first, like all of those things bring up, you know, a new Mm -hmm. new aspect of the mindset work. And so you shared with us a little bit of some of the, the mindset work that you did to just start. And I'm making a healthy assumption that there was some other mindset pieces that come up as you continue in your journey. So we're going to loop back around okay. to the mindset piece. Let's talk a little bit about your business. So tell us around Uzima, who do you serve and what do you offer? So talk to us about your target client and your services. Okay. And so this was also a big piece, right, of the, the course in itself was figuring out who my actual audience was and and I think I'm still working on that t- to some extent, but overall, I want to support teachers. I want to support educators. Um, and I mean, educators in regards to behavior staff, dean of students, anyone that is in- engaging and interacting with children, because we can't just assume that the climate of a school is, is only for the principal or the leaders, right? We have to give our staff what it is they need to actually embody the vision that the leader has, because if not, then your vision means nothing, honey. So going from that perspective, I want teachers. I need deans of students, dean of students. I need behavior staff. I need the cafeteria staff. You know, I need everybody in that space to get the training and the professional development that they need to engage with with, with children from every aspect. So overall, though, when I'm reaching out to principals, I'm reaching out asking them, do your staff as a whole have and need the professional development to ensure that your climate and culture is where it needs to be. And of course, when you when you think about climate and culture, most people think about the teacher aspect. And so I want to be clear while I'm supporting teachers, I also want to support the rest of the staff because I think sometimes we forget that there are other staff in that building who actually is going to engage with children and sometimes more than the leaders do, right? And so you got to make sure that they have what they need to to to, to, to develop and, and, and monitor and, and maintain those relationships that, that children need when they walk into those spaces. And so I'm offering professional development trainings. My my focus is restorative practices, social emotional learning, and trauma focus. As I said before, I'm a social worker by trade, and mm-hmm. so while I may not be practicing it in the therapeutic sense, everything that I do comes from my heart. And so that that social work piece is really important. And so we got to make sure that we're giving staff the trauma informed, healing engaged training and, and professional development they need for themselves in order to give that to to our student. And I'll, I'll leave it there. Here's what I love about this so much. I, I share this story often of, you know, it was kind of my moment that gave me the idea of Get Launch Consulting for one of the clients that I have that's a higher ed institution that has a program that supports different school districts. What they do is they send a team of consultants out to the dis- each of the districts that they support, and we're in a team of four, and we spend two days at that school district going through a particular process and protocol mm-hmm. to give them feedback. And in February of 2020, so this is a month before I started Get Launch Consulting. This was also like two months before you know COVID became COVID. So we were we this person this 
this site visit was in person. And I was on a, I arrived. I don't know who the consultants are until I get there. Mm. Who I teamed with, and it was three other white men. And two of them had never worked in schools before. And so, and, and, you know, I could, I could go on of all the moments. Oh. Well, you make no sense. Mm-hmm. Think about your story of like, man, what would it mean, or, or what could it mean for a school district to have someone who has a social working background as a part of of their thought partnerships? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just share that going back to some of this mindset work that we previously talked about for so many educators who are doubting: Can I do this? Should I be the one to do this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, like, yes, and we actually need you to do this. Right. Because there are people who are loud and wrong out here doing it. And it's say that again. Loud that again. wrong. <laughs> Listen. Loud and wrong. Out and getting paid. And getting paid to do the work. Yep. And so that's a part of our theory of change at Get Launch Consulting is if we were to actually shift who is an education consultant mm-hmm. to where the the archetype is no longer a white male who comes from the business world and may have gotten an MBA at one of the schools. What if we actually shifted that to be the educator who, whether you taught for five, 10, 15, 20 years, whether you were the social worker, whether you were the counselor, whether you were the principal of the year in your district, and you were the one who's partnering with school districts Mm -hmm. and education organization because you've done the work. So you're not talking from theory. You're talking from practice of this Mm -hmm. is what I've done and this is is how I've maneuvered and what I've applied. And because you've done the work, you know that it's not a one-size-fits-all strategy. You know that it's like, like, this is how I have to actually like, like I know from one year to the next as a teacher, it's a different set of kids. <laughs> like, granted, there's some strategies you can pull year to year, but it's like, all right, mm-hmm. the first, like, like 30 days, I'm just trying to figure out who, like, right. <laughs> like somebody ain't going to sit down. Somebody always going to want to help. Yep. Somebody, somebody always asked a lot of questions. Like, I just got to take some time to figure that ish out. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to start pulling out my toolbox. Right. Based off of, you know, the, the data that I've collected, we know how much this work has to be community driven and we know what works. So I just wanted to reflect back that to the folks who are joining us and who are listening. Why I get like so excited every time I have these conversations. I'm like, yo, because like, I'm like, man, if Fahari gets in the room, mm, like, put me in the room. Yo, when Fahari... <laughs> Like, and she's talking about she's doing this for her kids, her kids' kids, and her ancestors. Like, there's nothing but goodness that can mm-hmm. come from that. So that just makes me so excited about that. So when you when you name, like, your Taria Klein, and you kind of said this a little bit of, like, you're still exper- experimenting, which is totally what we should be doing as entrepreneurs is experimenting a little bit. Was it super clear in the beginning, like, this is who I wanted to start working with and these are the services that I wanted to provide? Or or was it like, man, like, did you have to do some reflection or some, like, trial and error in order to land on what you named for us? 99 problems. I'm just going to say that. Uh, <laughs> look, if you want to know what that means, sign up for Get Launch Consulting. But, but listen, Erica, no, it was not clear. I had 99 problems that I was trying to solve in the education system. And I needed to, to truly wrap that up. I needed to, to piece it together to determine what impact do I actually want to have that people can feel and see when I walk into a space or if I'm creating brochures or when I create my website, what, what's going to pop out? Because if I give too much or if I say that I'm doing too much, then... I think it was something along the lines that you said before, you're going to fail at one thing because it's impossible to keep up for me. And so if I can't keep up for myself as a business owner, then it's impossible for me to keep up for my clients, right? And so it was difficult to try because I also know that there, there's so many pieces that I've grown in and, and within my career and I wanted to touch on and I wanted to pull more from all of these things. When you started, when you started talking about receipts, and you, and you really start looking back at all the stuff that I've done. I'm saying, I can do X, Y, A, B, C, D, E. Like, and so I had to, had to process through how I was going to just fall back 
and start somewhere that I knew was my passion, that I knew I could talk about it at any table. I could go outside on the corner and talk about it. Whoever needed to hear it was going to hear it from me and it was going to be authentic and real. And it wasn't going to be a question about Fahari doesn't know, right? That that I never want that to come out of anybody's mouth that I don't know what I'm talking about or I don't know what I'm doing, right? And so I'm a student first. And so I needed to focus on as a student, how do I teach people who are also students um, in, the, in this field? And so it, it was difficult, but I, I got it to a point where climate and culture is still a general topic. And so still focusing on those those three pieces of restorative practices, making sure that you engage all of those pieces with trauma-informed, healing engagement, and then, of course, um, SEL. And then everything else will fall into place with that as I'm supporting my, my, my clients with the work. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you breaking that down for folks because here's what I see all the time. And, you know, everything I say is out of love and I'm a pretty direct person. But here's, and here's what I see all the time. We as educators, when we move into our business, our education consulting business, we try and do too much. Mm-hmm. Too much. And, and what I say too much, meaning we try and solve too many problems. And I appreciate the example that you gave of like, there is a way to define the problem and put your arms around it in a way that gives you some focus. And that's what we talk about in the program is defining the problem you're going to solve. Mm-hmm. And one of the newest kind of pieces that we've put in, which you have already named of like, what is your framework for that problem of actually developing like what we call your standards in your mm-hmm. business of like, what is the anchor for how you're defining the, the aspects of the problems and the potential solutions? And so I just, I feel called upon my heart to name this for folks who are listening because I see it happen all the time. And then it's, it's one of the ways in which you can struggle to grow your business and to scale your business is by trying to do too many things. It's the equivalent of having like three or four preps as a team mm. where it's like, you could teach one subject or you could teach four. Mm. And like, I see too many people trying to teach four subjects and I'm like, yo, like, I know, you know, regardless, it's going to be a bomb lesson plan, but like that analogy, think about, and I say this as a, high, a former high school math teacher who has taught four preps, mm. we're like, that ish was hard because I had to have four lesson plans every day. Same right. thing happens in your business. If you have four different problems or even two, which I'm telling you is too many, yep. you are going to have to have a different infrastructure and marketing message for each for one. Each one. And but you, you, can I say something though too? Go ahead, absolutely. When I was thinking about it though, like what problem am, am I going to solve? Thinking about it from my 99 problem perspective because that's where I was in the beginning. It was also, that was a fear factor for me because it was almost my, my defense mechanism for one of these got to work. Oh. And so if, if I can focus on so many of these, then one of them will be poured upon. From, from the people, right? And so let me just put all of it out there so that I can at least go. But then that's when you have to really do that work, right? That, that mind trash is powerful because I'm not looking just to be a business owner. I'm looking to impact lives. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, if I'm looking to just do this for the, for the money or for the business, then yes, I can, I can wrap around 99 things and put it all out there and see which one will bite. But for me, it was something, it was something deeper than that. And so, and, and that may be what many people are thinking. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on 10 problems because I'm scared that nine of them may not work, mm. but I don't know which one. And so mm. now I got to figure that out. Mm. And then when I figure that out, then I can scale it back Ooh. to get to that one problem. Oh, you preaching for Hari. Because you know what? I think that also applies to not just the problem, but services. Mm. Number of services that our people are, are offering, like, they want to do coaching and an online course and yep. development and keynote speaking. I'm like, yo, like, I'm not saying you can't do all those things and be bomb at them. What I'm saying, and for real, for real, here's the thing, y'all. Let me tell you my little secret. And I don't, I don't say this often because everybody ain't ready to hear it. <laughs> I say six figures in my marketing message when reality, everybody I work with, my vision is multiple six figures, if not seven. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just not a lot of people are ready mentally to go there. So start by saying six figures. And so when I am, am speaking around 
the decisions you have to make in your business, I'm thinking about what does it require to scale to multiple six mm. You can get to just one six-figure, 100K, which is mm-hmm. $8,333 a month. You can get to that by doing five different services and solving three different problems. Yeah. But you cannot scale to, to 3K, 5, or excuse me, 300K, 500K, 800K, 1 million. You cannot scale there and not be tired and exhausted. Mm-hmm have all of those different service models and all of those problems that you're solving because the business infrastructure that you need in order to scale up, it will, it will eat you alive, mm-hmm. eat you alive. So I just, I just wanted to pause there because even, you know, as, as I'm, you know, accepting applications for get launched and I'm looking at folks' websites that I'm like super excited for them to come to my training. I'm like, Oh, okay. You got receipts. And I'm like, Oh, and based on your website, you solved like five problems. <laughs> okay, got it. If, if you work with me, we're going to get you right. But I'm mm-hmm. like, good context to know. And um, I'll just say with that too, though, Erica. Yeah. Don't, don't go to bed overwhelmed with a business that you created for yourself. Right? Like, I, my goal isn't to be full-time working with the district and with Uzima. My goal is to be a full-time entrepreneur. And so I refuse to create my own business and go to bed tired, go to bed complaining about the work. Like this is, if this is your passion, this is your goal, this is your dream, then do something that, that you're going to go to sleep excited about every night. And when you're solving too many problems and trying to focus on too many things, you will easily become overwhelmed and you'll, you'll, you'll stick in that space of, I'm a burnt out educator. I'm a burnt out leader. I'm a burnt out teacher. And if that's where you want to get away from, then you got to make the decision of what what can I do for myself that is going to make me happy at night? What can I do for myself that I'm waking up smiling about the work that I'm about to engage in with other people instead of just, I'm going to offer all of these things to mm. to everybody because you can't. It's enough of us out here to offer other services, honey. Just stick to one little piece <laughs> that you can that you can fix you know, on your own and, and go from there. Oh, this is so good. And you know what? This, it makes me think about, you know, something I had put on my IG story a little bit ago because someone had asked, I had like opened up my IG story for Q&A and someone asked me as a a full-time entrepreneur, like what were some of the, you know, lessons learned or, you know, uh, some of the challenges? Uh, Because I just went full-time in May. So I've been my business, you know, in the background for four years as Mm -hmm. first starting as a principal. And then when I went, I went back to school full-time to get my doctorate, graduated in May, and then I made the transition to full-time. And so the past six months, when you, when you make for me, and I'll speak for me, is my journey in, in transitioning full-time has, has made me conscious of my, my rules around working, Mm. conscious of my work habits it's made me conscious of my my work philosophy that were all, you know, previously up to this point, all those things were unwritten or they were unconscious. I was just following them. And one of one of those things, to your point, is as an educator, I was used to multitasking. Yep. I was used to being driven by a crisis, mm. to being overworking, overworked, almost to the point of like, you know, and I had, you know, someone close to me that, that said this, that it was child, it was a read where they were like, Erica, I think, I think you like get a high off of a crisis. Like, I think you, there is like some adrenaline that you get when you have either a crisis or like 10 million things on your to-do list. There is this like euphoric feeling that you get where you are like driven in a really different way. And all of that was how I was conditioned as a educator. And mm-hmm. for me, I'll name particularly as a principal, where I got like an, a leadership high off of being able to fix really common mm-hmm. problems and being able to do a million things at once. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm full-time in my business, I saw myself unconsciously trying to recreate the same patterns. And the reality is, is you cannot scale to multiple six figures and seven figures in doing that. And the reality is I'm already at multiple six figures. And I was feeling a, like right. this, this 
this tension of like, ooh, I can't do that anymore Mm -hmm. because I will be the bottleneck and my business won't be able to move forward. And that's that's the piece that I just want to reflect back to the folks who are listening is there's this, this beautiful freedom you have in your business, but then also there's the self-accountability you can't avoid. Because if I'm overworked in my business, I can't blame the system. Listen. <laughs> it ain't the system, sis. Like <laughs> patterns that I have continued to recreate when I'm still the boss, when I'm the boss now. I'm right. the CEO. And now I am, am creating patterns that are still out of the spirit of, of being overworked. Yes. So it about, about what I believe around work or my work rules that have caused me to continue to, to have this pattern. I just name that for folks because in our sector, we are overworked. Mm-hmm. We are overworked, which has served us in like many ways, right? Because in, my belief is in order to be an effective educator, you kind of have to be like, a master of all trades, you kind of be able to multitask. So like it served us in many ways. And as you elevate into your next chapter, Alexis just put this in the chat. She says, was it an upper limit? Did it feel like that? I wouldn't call it an upper limit. And for my folks who uh, aren't familiar with that terminology, it comes from the book, The Big Leap, where an upper limit is essentially like Uh, invisible glass ceiling that you've built for yourself that you won't allow yourself to be able to move past. So a little bit of what Fahari was talking about before when she named some of the mindset of like, I'm on the precipice of starting my business, but then I, Mm -hmm. this level of fear kicks in. That's an upper limit of like, right when I'm getting ready to go to my next level, there's this invisible ceiling that I've created for myself that kind of knocks me back to, to my comfort zone. Um, I wouldn't call it an upper limit. I would just call it a pattern that was no longer serving me. It was serving me in one chapter. And now that I'm no longer in a sandbox, I'm building the sandbox. I actually, I now get to experience a different level of, I'm now writing the rules. I no longer play by them. So I think that's what it was. is like this experience of like, oh, shoot, like it's time to redesign the rules. Um, Right. So Fari, talk to us a little bit about, so we kind of didn't, didn't mention this before. before. So Fari kind of has two kind of branches of her business. So she has a product side of her business, and then she has a service side of her business, service-based. And so when we say product, we mean tangible, physical products um, that people can purchase. And then when we say services, we mean that there's some act of service that you're delivering and people are paying for it. And so Fahari, tell us a little bit about, because both of those businesses are, are at different stages and different points. And so Absolutely. whichever one you kind of want to float into or float out of, it's totally cool. But talk to us a little bit around like, what strategies have you leveraged to find clients or to begin kind of growing your client base? What have you found to be helpful and effective for you? Um, so I started with my network. I mean, again, I've been in education for more than... 12 years. And so I, I have a network of educators who I know that I can reach out to. And so when I started officially, I, mean, I, I say started, launched officially, I I consider that to be the moment that I, I went live with my website. That's when I kind of went all in and it's been nonstop ever since. And so reaching out to them, letting each of them know that this is where I am. If you're still in education, you know, educators, and I'm gonna be honest. You find out when you when you're doing this work too. If if it was just talk mm. along the, along your journey, and that's okay, because mm-hmm. I think that for me, I need it. I need to know where where that where that line is, right? I don't I don't have any ill will towards anybody, any principals or any leaders or any uh, employer employees that I, I worked with or for, right? But you find out if you are great at this. This is magical if that was really just for them because you you were helping fix a problem in their space at that moment or if it's something that they really believed and saw in you, right? And I say that because I know that I have a circle of people who I felt that energy, who who I've had that from, right? And if I'm reaching out and not receiving the same level of energy, then it's almost like, dang, 
you know, you, you sit there for a minute and you wonder, was I really that? And again, this goes back to the mind trash, right? Like, was I really that good in that moment? <laughs> Did I show up enough? But the strategy is just reach out. I, I started reaching out to organizations for my products. Um, so I created Black Girl Empowerment Cards focused on SEL and social emotional learning, right? And so, uh, which also plays a role with the restorative practices piece because you you can do it in circle based and things of that nature. And I started reaching out to Black girl organizations from D.C. to Chicago, wherever I could find one, you know. I saw the work that they were doing and if, and if it touched me, then I just reached out like, hey, you're doing great work. Here are some resources that could possibly work um, with you. And that was also scary to just reach out to, to these organizations. But I got I got feedback. <laughs> um, I got responses, honey. And it was a it was a feeling when I, I get the when I get the emails that's like, can we schedule a meeting to discuss blah blah blah? And I was like, wait, for me? <laughs> my, my business. Um mm-hmm. and so that that started to happen in my first first contract, so to speak, right? Was for my product side with my um black girl empowerment cards, but it wasn't even a black girl empowerment cards. I'm a creator. And so I also put out that when I'm speaking to businesses or organizations like that, I'm letting them know what other services I can provide in the creative aspect. Um in this particular organization um had a creative writing class and they wanted to have creative writing journals created for their for their girls. They gave me a vision. They gave me the idea that they that they wanted to see. I made it happen. Custom journals. Go ahead and gave them that price, and and they followed through. And we and we we made a we we made a con. You know, we had a contract in place that those were sent and shared. And so it was a beautiful feeling. And I think my mind trash still touched me though there because. My main focus is the educational aspect coming from the professional development and the training to get into schools and districts, right? And I had to sit down in that and just say, you just did something major here. Mm -hmm. Like own that, sit in that, embrace it, and pat yourself on the back. And so those strategies may seem like, I don't know who to reach out to, but you go for what you want. And and I wanted it and I still do. And I'm going to continue to, to find folk who also want it. And and we'll see where that where that goes eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said that you started with your network first. Mm-hmm. I love that so much because that's a part of you know what we talk about in the program is like I, I say all this out of love, but nothing irks me more than folks who are like waiting on the money. And I'm like, wait a minute, didn't, didn't you tell me? You wanted <laughs> these goals in your business. You said you wanted to do this. So why are you waiting on a stranger to believe mm-hmm. you when any educator, every educator has a network? Absolutely. Where you taught, I don't care where you live, I don't care where you worked. Every educator has a network. And when you are starting an education consulting business, you have people in your network who are your target client and are one degree removed. Mm-hmm. So that's why I get like so frustrated in a loving way when people are working on their website. And I'm like, do you got a contract yet? No. So go and get <laughs> in that network. Put me right in my place. <laughs> <laughs> you all up in that website and you ain't got no client yet. Yeah. No client who is literally just sitting there waiting because the moment they find out, oh, how are you doing Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Let, let's talk. Let's set up. Yep. A, like, let's talk about it. And they can fund your website. Or mm-hmm. like the the truth is, your website is for strangers, for people who don't trust you yet. Right. Yeah. That is the purpose of your website. And for real, for real, at the at the multiple six figure level level, there are systems in the background of your website that you need in terms of of, of selling on your website that you won't even be thinking about at this stage of your business. Mm-hmm. For real, for real, a, a website is such low-hanging fruit yeah. at this stage of your business that it's like you could be putting in so much work and getting your client in the next 30 days. Mm-hmm. Like if you just put the website to the side for a second and just put in work with your network, you could get a contract within 30 days. Yeah. I guarantee. And or you could be bringing in at least two to three K of revenue by doing a couple of strategies and, and you could, you could bring that into your business. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm just glad that you named that for folks because that's one of the ways that I think we unconsciously get in our way is by doing, you know, the fancy busy work that, that I think going back to the mindset piece, it's to convince us that we're good enough for, be it. Oh. for our services. Mm-hmm. So like, we feel like we need a website to justify people paying our prices so that's one of the ways like in which the mindset can come up is you, you're not confident on your own that you need a website to validate you, which it's, it's good to recognize that because once you do, you can put it to the side and be like, mm-hmm. let me book it, get this contract first, and then I'll, I'll work on that. Um, can I also say another strategy I, I think that, I, and I learned this from, from the course too, is social media. I'm just going to be honest. I wasn't, I wasn't big on social media. Um, and I think when I reached out to you, it was on LinkedIn. And I said, hey, I, I'm interested in what you're doing. Um, and you mentioned the Facebook group. And I said, oh, I'm not on. Uh, I don't do that. <laughs> I remember that conversation, I, right? And so when I, when again, when I officially launched, it's either go all in or, or get stuck, right? And so that was my, that was my second strategy was to go all in on social media. And so I didn't have an Instagram page prior to launching my business. I mean, like nothing. My students would tell me I'm an old lady all the time. And I, I officially got an IG page. You know, I decided one night I'm just going to do it. And I've been so consistent and that makes me proud, right? Because it's also that fear, like how many likes am I going to get? But then you, you really have to sit back and wonder is my, again, who is the strategy for? Right. And what it, what is it that you're creating and, and why? Because even if I don't get a like on a post, I know that what I'm putting out there is, is going to benefit somebody. Right. Um, and so just making sure that in those strategies that you use, that it's, it's, it's strictly for the work that you're doing. And so when I post to Instagram every day, which and I'll add it on, like I added a Facebook page, you know, and LinkedIn as well. When I'm posting, I'm posting because somebody's going to see it, even if they don't like it. And somebody's going to use the strategies that I'm posting because you're trying to impact lives too. And so even if that like doesn't come, the strategy for me is remain consistent. Don't give up because this is my dream. This is my passion. This is my hope for for myself and, and the youth in this world, right? And so I, I have an agenda and my agenda is going to be played whether or not I get a like or not. Listen, that's a word folks needed to hear because I have. <laughs> I have it on my list to make a social media post. And it's, it, this is one of my social media post ideas that'll happen at some point. I get all my best business ideas when I'm getting a massage, y'all. So if y'all follow me on IG, <laughs> I, I am part of it. It's like, I just need like the clear mind. And like, I promise I come up with my best ideas while I'm getting massages on the table. Some people might just go to sleep. Sometimes I go to sleep, but other times like, I just got my next business idea. But uh, this social media idea came to me while I was on the massage table a couple of days ago. When we step into a classroom, we don't expect our kids to trust us from day one. Like we know we have to earn mm-hmm. their trust and we put in work to earn our trust. And for some reason though, when we pivot into our business, we expect our potential clients to trust us mm-hmm. from day one. Where it's like our students don't even, right. like, like our students do not trust us the first day. You got put in work to prove, like, first off, you coming tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to give me feedback? Right. Thirdly, care about me? Are you going to ask me about my weekend? That same skill set that we've used as educators and building trust with our, our students and families, it is the exact same thing in our business. You have to build trust with your audience and put in the work for people to know, are you coming back tomorrow? Right. Is are you are you really about what you say you're about? Right, gonna get results. You said that you will if I show up and do the work that I'm Mm -hmm. gonna learn. Our clients are asking the same thing you said. If I showed up, right, (laughs) X, Y, and Z result. Like so, I just that analogy hit me on the table. It's just of it's the same thing of like the trust building journey. Any thoughts? We're gonna. We're going to wrap up here in the next few minutes. So if you all have any final questions, go ahead and put those into the chat. There was a pricing question someone asked. So let me go ahead and, and get that one asked. And then we'll we'll move here to our final couple of questions. Bahari, how do you think about pricing? That's a question. That was actually one of the first questions someone asked. They were like, let, let me, I know I'm early. I saw it. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, um, let me go ahead and save it. Um, and so tell us how you think about pricing and or if there's any like mindset things that have come up or you're you're kind of still processing through when it comes to pricing. 
So one, I am still processing through. I have an idea, right? And so I have, and again, y'all, I have an amazing husband. And so I, that's, that's, my, that's my thought partner in a lot of this too. But I'm going to say this. If you are looking to start your business, launch your business, move your business wherever you want to go, sign up for EJT. I'm trying to tell y'all. Because I, I want to be very real. The, the tools that you provide in, in that realm is powerful. It is difficult to determine what you are going to charge clients for specific things. And so for me, the mind trash is strong because my questions are always, is this too much? Are people going to look at this and say they can't afford it? Is this too low? Is this, you know, am I worth more than this? And so that is always coming up in my mind when I'm, when I'm processing through, um, I just, submitted a proposal for a district for professional development services that they're ripping in. And a part of that that process was putting your putting your finance, putting your charges on the table. And that that was hard. I'm just gonna be honest. It was difficult. But figure when you figure out your worth, and I think also this this goes with just having a support circle that you can truly talk to so that you can see your worth through somebody else too. And so when I'm having those conversations again with my husband, I'm I'm really hearing and getting played back the receipts that I have in my in my career. And so sometimes you need those reminders to say, oh no, this this is the exact price I'm about to put down on here because I'm worth that and more, right? And it gets it gets troubling, it gets hard, and it may change, and that's okay. And if you notice, that's also many people, and, and I'm also a researcher, so like I'll I'll go out and I'll find people that's doing this same work that I'm doing or or in the same realm and area. And I want to see what they're charging. And I want to see what where that competition is in regards to those, those charges so that I can know where that line is, right? I and mean, so I think if you really want to figure it out, put yourself out there and always know that you can shift that price as you continue to grow in your business. Because my fear was, I don't know where to start with my pricing. And if I stick with, I don't know where to start, then I'll never start with setting a price for anything. And so I had to just go with it and set the price. And I think you said something to me or to the group once, Erica, and you said, none of you all are worth less than $100 an hour. And it was like, dang, you know what? You better put some respect on, <laughs> on my name, on my worth, on my business, on my profession, right? And that, that I think that's where you go. You just... And I don't want, I'm not going to give y'all too much of this too. Y'all just need to sign up for this course because it, it will, it, it changed my life to be honest with how I can, how I should and how I can move uh, with my, with my career. And I say with my career in this as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. So yeah. pricing is hard y'all, but yeah. you can make it happen. And again, you can go with it. And when you realize that eventually that price may look a little lower than, than what you can do in the next two years, then it's okay. Change it. It's your yeah. business. You are in control of what it is that you do with your business. Right. And it's a journey and it should be a journey because I think the the tricky thing is my very first consulting engagement four years ago was a day of PD and it was $1,600 for the day. And at that time, that was huge for me. Because I was a principal in one of the low-paid states for school leadership in the country. That was a week of pay for me, $1,600. And I did that in one day. And four years later now, you might get an hour. Mm. For, you might get an hour. Talk about it, doc, Dr. EJT. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's I'm like, give me some more details. Because if it don't excite me, then I'm not interested. But let me, let me learn a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I say that because the concept of even thinking of charging that, having charging for an hour for that, that, that four years ago was like, oh my God, like, yep. like it felt very overwhelming to me. But to your point of the journey of, as you have more clients, you get more data back on what yep. you employ, what is, is the market rate as you start to talk and build your network with other consultants mm-hmm. and start to see what other people are charging. And then as you get more receipts in your consulting business, yes. guess what? I know if I deliver a PD, I'm getting at least 95% agree, strongly agree on mm. your At least. Yep. And I say that because that's my history. Mm-hmm. Like those are my receipts. So because of that, I feel even more confident in my pricing 
because I know that I'm going to deliver. I know it's going to be a quality experience. And so I just say that for folks who are thinking about pricing, because I want to be clear, there is some, there is some science to the pricing, right? Because there are certain things you need to be able to cover in your pricing. But once you figure out the science and the math, and we go through that in the program, I give you a, a nice, pretty calculator. Mm-hmm. And you that out. But once it spits out a number for you, that is the floor. Yep. And then you have the decision. You can go anywhere up from there. Mm-hmm. How much up do you want to go? And to your point, Fahari, you always have the right to change your mind. Yep. I just know nobody better tell me a number under $100 per hour. <laughs> because I'm going to be like, change that. No. Mm-hmm. You are not allowed. And there's also a pivot point, which this is tier two, tier 2.0. There's also a pivot point where you don't start, you don't talk by the hour anymore. Right. But you you usually don't start there because it's such a gray area that you need some some type of black and white in order to start. But then you get to a pivot point where you didn't even go by the hour anymore because the value you provide. It, it, it takes me less time to do things because of the value that I bring and the experience that I bring. So I'm not going to charge by how much time it takes me. Um, but mm. you, you don't, again, that's not a concept you can get to when you're first starting in your business. Um, Fahari, you got you to sign up for that concept, y'all. <laughs> Look, I'm her promoter. Listen, I'm trying to tell y'all. <laughs> I, I can only say so much. And part of it, the, the trust building journey, right? Like people need to hear from people I work with. Listen, and invest, and, invest in yourself. That's all I'm going to say. The way my morals are set up, I would not be, be talking about any service that I know wasn't effective. If I know that I didn't get results, I wouldn't even be be talking about it. Okay, so we are at our last two questions. All right, so this is last last call questions and the call. Okay, so Fahari, what would you say has been the most? I don't want to say the hardest part, maybe most challenging part of of the journey of entrepreneurship or. Because I, I, I believe in talking real, talking truth. What would you say would be the most challenging part of the journey? Balance for me. I'm a mom of four. I'm a wife. I'm a full-time worker <laughs> and a business owner. Ooh, that sounds good. Um, and so <laughs> it's rare that I just say it. I like that. <laughs> okay. And so finding balance, honest. And I'm in school for, I'm, I'm also obtaining some certifications for myself just as a, another layer to my professional growth. And so I, I say that because uh, until you can figure out what that balance is, again, you get overwhelmed. And there have been times when I'm like, I don't feel like it today. I don't feel like posting on IG. And I'm, I'm still trying to figure out this whole scheduling IG stuff. <laughs> so I'm still working in that realm. But, but that balance is so important. But again, while it is difficult, it is a necessary shift for me. And so I need to be a little up and down because that's how I know how bad I want it. Mm. That's how I know how hard I'm going to work for it. And and I've already said, you know, all work is in my work. And so I need to be okay with stepping back and not trying to go for everything because it, it may not be for me. And that's okay. If, if my, again, I'm, I'm only a year in of officially having an LLC, right? And launching not even a year ago with my website. And so for me, if it takes a year before that first contract comes, I'm okay with that Mm. because I've grown in understanding that I have a purpose. I've grown in understanding that my business wasn't just created for fun. When it it comes, it will, but it will come because I was consistent. It will come because I want it. It will come because I worked my tail off to get to the point where I know I will be. And I can't wait for it to happen. And so find a balance. Do it scared. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I still get afraid. I've had some calls with some folk who are willing to go in with me, you know, contract-wise and and bringing me to schools and and supporting that. And so while I I know that's there, that that can still be a little fear attached to that. But that's hard. You find the balance of, I can be a little scared, but I can still do this. Um, and I'm I'm gonna make that happen with the balance that I create for myself by just pushing through. Yeah, so, y'all push through. Don't give up on yourself. Create the business not because you're tired of the work, though. 
I, I just want to, I, I really want to say that don't go into consulting because education seems different today. Don't go into consulting because you just want to leave the school building. Go into consulting because you have a gift that will truly leave impact on people. Because again, we, we get so tied up in this idea that we can, we can create our own business and, and live in this idea that I'm a business owner, but, but we don't even know what we're doing. And that, that's, that's, that's scary for, for many educators. And so it seems easy to just go out and get an LLC, but at least do the work for yourself right. before you start talking about coaching and teaching other people too. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And I, I position the journey as like, you're going after your freedom, mm-hmm. right? Going after your freedom is never going to be easy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's impossible, but there are seasons in your business, and particularly in the early stage of your business, it's going to require a little bit of sacrifice. Yep. Now, sacrifice doesn't mean you run yourself so ragged that you are out for the count. That's not what sacrifice means. But sacrifice might mean that you have to take something off of your plate and delegate more. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice might mean that you have protected time after the workday, on the weekends, it might be conversations with your partner to ensure you have protected time. But defining like, what is the sacrifice? Sacrifice is, it's, it's required and it's going to pay off. Our final question for Hari, what advice do you have for folks? Just go for it, y'all. You know, when I signed up for, for the course, I will say I was also afraid then. You, you're real. <laughs> you look too real sometimes. I'm like, ooh, she's talking to me. Like you just get into those moments, right? But that's the push that, that I needed. That's the push that I needed. I needed to see you. Like you're an inspiration, right? And so for me to see another Black woman who is going forward, who has gone forward, who is doing this work, it inspires me to just constantly keep, keep moving um, and, and not giving up. So my advice is find that person who inspires you to keep moving. Find that person who is going to be real with you, who's going to hold you accountable so that you can hold yourself accountable in this on this journey and this work. And just do it, y'all. I said this earlier, do it scared, do it afraid, whatever phrase you want to use. You are holding yourself back if you are waiting on creating a website, if you don't know what mission you want to create for your business yet. If, you know, like just go for it. Go all in so that the moment you put it out there, everything, it feels good. And uh-huh. so when you put it out there, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm out here now. I'm ready. There's no turning back after that. And so just go all in, push yourself, don't give up, don't turn back and find your strength in, in, in that process. I love it. And how can people uh, get in contact with you? Who should reach out to you? Or is there any upcoming services or things you want folks to know about? Let folks know for sure how they can reach you and what they should reach out to you about. Yeah. So uh, on IG, I'm at Uzima, U-Z-I-M-A-L-L-C. And Uzima, y'all, I didn't say this in the beginning, but it means full of life. It's Swahili for full of life. And so again, full circle here. Um, But at Uzima LLC on Instagram and Facebook, website is www.uzimaconsulting.com. If you are a teacher and your leader is looking for some profession, we know what space we are in right now in the educational system, we are struggling across the nation, right? And so if you know that your school, your leader is looking for some way to reset your school's climate, reach out. Let me know. Have them reach out to me directly. I'm willing to do virtual. I'm trying to travel if that if that is up <laughs> in the air. So get that out. Just have them reach out to me. And I, I'm not coming for fun. Like be, be ready for, for change. Be ready for transformation. And, and I'm here to support in that way. So leaders, principals, assistant principals, directors, dean of students, whoever you are, if, again, if you're looking for that, if you want to start implementing RP, restorative practices, if you are looking for a way to incorporate that in your daily schedule, but don't know where to start, let me know. Again, you can reach out to me for that support and we can either create a full-on plan. I can, you know, come out to support with that plan, what that looks like. And I just want to end with this, y'all. Winter break is coming. We, we don't need to be surprised about what can happen when our students return from winter break. So start planning now. And if you need support with that plan, then that's another piece that you can start reaching out to me as well so that we can help with that plan as well. 
Oh, I love it. And so if anyone is like, oh my goodness, how do I spell it? What, like, where do I yeah. it? Just go to my profile and click on the, the graphic for our conversation. And we have tagged her in that and or the, the larger graphic for this week, she's tagged in that. So you can go to my profile if you need to connect to get directly to Fahari's page because everybody who is live with us, I want you to follow her. So that way you all are connected to the great work that she's doing. Fahari, thank you. Thank you, not just for this time, but thank you for going after your calling. Like, and this is what sometimes I get I don't feel like there's nothing wrong with being an emotional person. Let me name that because some people like say that in negative context, emotions are healthy, that it confirms that we are human. Mm -hmm. And there are times in these conversations where I feel the emotions rising up within me because I'm like, I can literally feel the impact that is getting ready to happen after having so many experiences of consultant colleagues who, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, did harm. Um, and they walked away with a paycheck. I can feel the impact that is birthing through your business that I'm just like, yes, Fahari, thank you for answering the calling, for listening to the calling, continue to go after the calling, because that means that more kids uh, get access to greatness because of you. So we appreciate time to share your journey. And we're just so excited to continue to witness it. Thank you. And thank you to everybody. I don't know much, but I know these hearts have kept coming. So I I appreciate (laughs) the support and love. (laughs) Yeah, they loved you. They loved you. Thank you. Yes. Well, have a good evening. We'll chat soon. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye, y'all.